Oh my God, Ashley. (laughs) Yes. Okay. This is, I'm so excited. This is my first new episode of relaunching a podcast. Amazing. In the new house. In the new house. It's you, Ashley Best. You are a coach and intuitive. Yes, I am. Now you're going to have to walk me through. You'll probably have to correct me a couple times because I feel like I want to make sure that we are representing this properly. And I know that, you know, there, we'll just say there, there's a lot of lingo, a lot of lingo and people have certain feelings about what mm-hmm. being an intuitive means, what it is like to be a medium, a psychic. Um, a, there are so many different words really to yeah. describe it. So there's a ton of words and there really are. I'd say the best way that I can describe it to you is that whether you use the term medium, psychic, intuitive, we all have our five senses. And if you are a medium or an intuitive or psychic or any other term that you want to call that, mm-hmm. one or more of those senses is heightened. And then you have an additional sense, which is a knowing. So you might see things differently. You might hear things differently. You might feel things differently. Do you feel then, okay, now I'm really jumping right into this then. Do you feel like everybody has the ability, if they are open and ready to listen, to be intuitive? Or do you think that some people just will always have a block? I think that everybody has a much stronger intuition and awareness than they realize. But Mm -hmm. I think that with the distractions that we're surrounded by today, I think a lot of us have blocks in us and the best way for me to describe that is that I was super emotional and empathic when I was younger you might even call me an HSP which is a highly sensitive person and I didn't understand what those emotions were about and the more that I continued on my path as a CPA which was not aligned for me at all I was drowning out my intuition awareness because I was doing something that didn't make me happy and I was also doing something that was just always felt like it was very much so against the grain. So when I finally started to do something that I was actually passionate about, I found things that would just flood back to me with so much power. And at first I thought, oh, I'm just a little bit intuitive. And, you know, there's lots of coincidences. Yeah. And the more that time passed, I thought, okay, there's a little bit more here. Right. I think it's interesting, you know, we always hear that children, their minds are so open and often, um, because they are more recent from the, not the afterlife, but the, um, I guess, I don't know, the cosmic. They're just they less just, influenced. Yeah, they are less yeah. influenced and they've more recently come down to planet Earth that <laughs> children can be much more intuitive mm-hmm. than I think, you know, we're raised to be more critical thinkers and lo- mm-hmm. logical and scientific based. Yeah. I'm not including myself, by the way. I've always felt spiritual. I yeah. had a grandmother who was incredibly spiritual. Mm-hmm. She would talk about her past lives yeah. and having strong <laughs> inclinations to experiences mm-hmm. and people. But yeah. I think more or less, you know, maybe if you are able to tap into your more childlike sensibilities, that's an easier way to have that intuitive kind of mm-hmm. accessibility. Yeah, it definitely is. There's almost that innocence that we right. have when we first come into the world. Yeah. And we probably do hear, see, feel, and things completely differently then than we do today. But I really feel like it's our job, especially with the way the world's changing, to yeah. really tap into these superpowers yeah. that we all have in a deeper way. 
Right. Okay, let's let's go back. Let's, okay. Let's go back to the beginning. La 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 la. <laughs> Tell me the beginning of Ashley Best's world. Okay, where do we start? Um, I am from Canada. I was born and raised here, and I had a, a trauma happen to me when I was 15 years old, and that was the point where I knew that I don't really want to be here anymore, mm-hmm. and it was just a a little bit of a feeling that I started to recognize and the older that I got the more I stepped into that and when I started college I did that typical first year of school feeling it out didn't go to class wrote midterms mm-hmm. so I decided that I was going to take a year off and yeah. I traveled to Australia oh wow with the guy I was dating at the time and that just opened up my eyes in such a beautiful way and I thought okay I don't have to live in Canada there's other options for me as Canadians it's easy to get a commonwealth visa yeah so I knew that I'd already taken step one and I wanted to do that again but I also knew that I had to finish college and really figure out my career and where were you in college initially before you put it on pause at Mount Royal in Calgary. okay you're here yeah okay yeah so I was supposed to go to Boulder mm-hmm. in the U.S. and then I met a man yeah boy I should say I was so young <laughs> And chose love. And I think that was one of those early intuitions where I really knew that you're going to do this road or you're going to take this road. Right. And I knew it was a big deal. Uh And so glad that I had that first love five years, very impactful. And I really needed that healing from my childhood trauma, trauma as a teenager. So that was really, really beautiful. But, you know, young love comes to an end. It, yes, it definitely can. You know a little bit about my story, but, um, okay. So you two parted ways and then did you stay in Australia for a bit? No, I came back. You came back to Calgary. I came back to Calgary. And at that point I had tried college and then I took the year off and I just was ready. Business. Okay. Yeah. And I was just ready. Yeah. And I knew that I wanted to major, and something in business. I knew that I was sure about business, but I didn't know what. And the choices were accounting, finance, international business, and marketing. Mm. And my mom's a CFA and my grandfather was from India. So there was a lot of that educational pressure. So when we talked about what I should major in, international business and marketing were just shunned essentially. Like what job could you ever get with those? which today I obviously think is ridiculous. But back then I kind of just said, okay, well, I guess that's how it is. Yeah. So my options were finance or accounting. And everybody was complaining about how awful accounting was, how hard it was. And then I tried it. I tried my first accounting course that I needed for my business degree. And the teacher was giving out our midterms. And he said, everybody, you know, the class average was 55%. Everybody did awfully. And then I had done really well. I got an A plus or something like that. And I thought okay, well, I guess I'm doing a business degree with a major in accounting. Wow. And it just goes to show how that young brain was just programmed to do this essentially and just get more and more in line with what my parents wanted from me. There's so much of that at that age though. Yeah. I, in retrospect, would have really pushed to go to an art school. Mm -hmm. I always knew that, I guess, the regular curriculum was something that was not something that I was going to be um, 
accelerating then. Yeah. And yet, yeah. you know, I would go, I would get this feeling behind my ears, even mm-hmm. like this burning feeling yeah. of terror mm-hmm. having to go into math class. <laughs> and now I have to do a little math in my job, but, yeah. um, I really don't have to. And it just shows mm-hmm. you like when you are in a situation that you shouldn't mm-hmm. be in, you feel it like yeah. instinctually and mm-hmm. being forced to do it. Why are we forced to do these things? Exactly. And it doesn't mean that I can't be a successful adult. Yeah. But for some reason I was told basically I was not going to be successful if I wasn't going to be able to accomplish these things. Mm-hmm. And so for years I thought because I couldn't do that, I couldn't be successful. Yeah. It's these weird resonates. messages that happen. Mm-hmm. And then you end up doing kind of what I did where it's almost like yeah programmed to the path of least resistance and you're just taking you know one step forward at a time knowing that it's not really aligned so is that then was the next step after that going to London or what came next I so when I I got my degree and I started off as an intern at PricewaterhouseCoopers and Mm. this is you know an early intuition where I'd walk into the office and think, nobody's happy here. And I remember looking around and I would say something to one of my other summer interns that I was working with. Hey, did you notice that manager? He's just so heavy today and just always feels like there's something going on at home and he's really sad. And she looked at me and said, what are you talking about, Ashley? And I look back on that now and think that was probably my intuition. Yeah. And I could feel everybody else's thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So Working as a CPA, you have to work a lot of hours and it's challenging. Mm -hmm. And that meant that if I'm additionally feeling everybody else suffering, it was very, very hard for me. And I dealt with a lot of depression. Yeah. But on the bright side, there's, I just got such phenomenal training. I've seen the ins and outs of hundreds of companies. I started at PwC, went to KPMG. I worked in venture capital in London So I have a lot of experience in that area and I totally understand Mm -hmm. why I needed to go down that path. Yeah. It's all part of the journey. It is part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's painful, Mm -hmm. thinking back and imagining yourself being there and feeling all this negative energy. Yeah. It probably taught you so many things. Perseverance. Really though? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I know. Resilience and to be healthier because when you're... When you're working so much in that analytical brain and you're not, as Joe Dispenza would say, firing and wiring on the creative side, mm-hmm. you're you're misaligned. So I started pushing towards treating my body well, eating well, working out, and then I started educating myself in that area to find my own sense of being, I guess. And how long were you there for? For In London? Yeah. For two years. And that was... KPMG and PricewaterhouseCooper. No, PwC and KPMG were Calgary. And then I went to the UK and worked for two firms in industry. Okay. And then I moved to California after that. You've been all over the place. You're a global citizen. I am, just like you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so strongly too. And I never really thought of... I do feel like I'm very intuitive. Mm -hmm. However, I cannot sit down. I don't have the gift that you do. Maybe I could hone it as you say, possibly. We would surprise you. Maybe, but I do feel strongly other people's energies. Mm -hmm. I'm very infrequently wrong about what I originally kind of feel in that those first impressions but Mm -hmm. you know coming in I I wake up I'm pretty damn happy I am I feel optimistic (laughs) I shouldn't say I'm beaming and happy like 
it's okay to Mm -hmm. not always be happy, but I am optimistic. I'm always, you know, thinking, Mm -hmm. why not me? Why can't I have a great day? This is going to be a good day. I'm going to get through it. But when I feel somebody else storm onto the scene and they're (laughs) upset, they've had a bad morning Mm -hmm. and they're, that is in the air. I take that on and mm-hmm. I feel like it's my job mm-hmm. to fix it. And I feel like I need to be angry then mm-hmm. to satisfy their kind of, I guess, feeling of that. Is that, doesn't, does everyone not feel that way? Or is this someone who's more intuitive and empathetic and just feels, or is there something else altogether that I need to that's my people pleasing trait that I need to rise to someone else's energy and or I need to I feel I need to fix it like George Costanza you know like I need I it becomes my obsession like I need the person to come around I need to pose on the sofa like him no but truly like is that an intuitive personality or is that someone who's trying to that's empathic and intuitive and Uh I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is understand that those are not I call them my TFEs those Mm. are not my thoughts feelings and emotions and like that's theirs that's theirs Uh and a simple exercise I do so in the morning or even before I'm going to a family dinner yeah I'll say please clear my energy mm-hmm. please ground my energy and please protect my energy you told that to me when yeah. we did our session yeah and like then to build a an shield orb right and then the shield and then when people are coming at you you're going to have a little bit more protection especially with when done with consistency and the other thing I just say sometimes is not today in my head or out loud I think that's actually I think that will also surprisingly stop someone in their tracks Mm -hmm. and go why am I doing this yeah and again it's that whole thing about projecting and maybe Mm -hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself here but okay so let's go back to London okay we're in London are you feeling like are you having some amazing moments there is there okay tell me about your life there where were you living what were you doing did you have a group of friends like I want to know everything (laughs) so I moved to London and went there without a job I was actually doing the audit of the Calgary Flames in Calgary and I was so done with audit and love and audit all things over in this realm yeah and I had had I'd known one or two people that had gone to London so I knew it was easy to get the visa for living in Australia and I'd seen two people in finance move over there so I thought okay it's possible and as I got more and more depressed at work here and it really started to impact the other areas of life I knew that I had to reignite my flame somehow with bigger change so I just decided to look up flights one day during an audit that was probably crushing me and there was a one-way flight to London for $320 Canadian of course (laughs) great deal and I was I just booked it and I thought, okay, I'm leaving. It was, I think it was under a month, probably three weeks. I knew I had to give two weeks notice and I just called my family and I said, I am quitting my job and I'm moving to London in three weeks and (laughs) without a job. And how old were you at this point? 22? I think I was about 29. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So quit my job and just made it happen. And I'll never forget that moment on the airplane, WestJet leaving. And I was listening to... What's that song from Armageddon? I can uh, stay awake <laughs> just to hear you breathe. No, maybe it's not Armageddon. It's I'm leaving on a jet plane. I'm leaving on, on a jet, jet plane. plane. Shout out to Chantal Kriviazek. I'll be back That again. was an Armageddon. 
soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I listened to, and that's I thought, amazing. Oh, I'm going, and it was challenging, but it just felt good. And settling into a new country like that, it's hard, but you have these amazing wins like when you find a flat so i moved to notting hill which oh! was where it was so good oh my god yeah a lot of the canadian. dream yeah i yeah. love it a lot of canadian and american expats live there so yes. it was familiar I, yeah. I don't think i knew that yet actually though i discovered that as time passed right yeah probably on the dating app where i'm like oh calgary <laughs> hey vancouver it's but i want italians i want frenchmen oh you do you like that's that's the realm of Europe well, that you're interested in. I, I would say that at that point in time, uh-huh. you know, I wanted to dabble in the Brits and that very quickly became, I mean, it's just not a good match. Huh. <laughs> you unmatched the British men. Yeah. French They're not Italian, all like Hugh Grant. Greek, maybe. Um, and Notting Hill too, I feel it's a creative community. So you mm. are going to find a little bit of everything there. Yeah. And you know what? One of the first things that just surfaced for me right now when you were what? saying that was what it was like to walk around there, the architecture, oh, the God, colors, it never gets old. and living in a walking city for the first time. That just changed my life. Walking to get my groceries, walking to the park, walking to the tube. Yeah. I was on my feet so much more, and that made life good. It is great. I, I love to always take a different route myself, yeah. you know, just to change things up, take in the scenery, you got to know the city, you got mm-hmm. to know the people and the community. Mm-hmm. I always introduce myself to everybody. Yeah. I can't help myself. <laughs> We're Canadian. Um, I had my grandmother, the one that I spoke about already, who mm-hmm. was very spiritual and she would always she would talk to everybody and I said, Audrey, everyone knows you. And it's be and now I've realized that I also just like to get to know people around yeah. me. It's just a comfort. It is. And you just have a beautiful warmth about you. So I'm sure they appreciate it. Ashley. So <laughs> you are spontaneous or when you put your mind to something, do you yeah. feel like you have to do it? Like when you book that ticket, you're like, no going back. I'm very much so. I think it's an intuition when yeah. I know the door is closing yes. or you know, maybe it's already closed yes. and it's just time. Yeah. I just got a chill when you said that. Cause I feel so strongly too, that mm-hmm. I said for so many years, I will never for 19 years, I did not live here. Mm-hmm. And I said, I will never move to Calgary again. Yeah. I am surprised even that I would use that word never because mm-hmm. I really am open to experiences, but I just did not feel like the city could understand me but Mm -hmm. I was just in a place where I was not ready to experience this in a different way Mm -hmm. but I feel like once I open my mind to something and I you know go this chapter's closed it's done I have to move on to move on I have to Mm -hmm. but if it's still open and I'm willing to explore it then I have to you know I have to keep going back to it I yeah I don't know and you know when the door is closed I I do. You do. I do. And yeah, there can be gray areas of that. But mm-hmm. like, again, instinctually, like I know I really follow my heart more than my mind. <laughs> I am a logical, practical person, but I am more someone who does follow my heart mm-hmm. and creative, I guess, journeys. We need more people that are heart-centric. And when you, it's interesting when you talked about doors opening. Since I've walked into your home, I haven't walked into a home like this for a while where I feel like everything is open (gasps) and warm and light and bright and everything, this, this room even. 
Oh my God. It feels really good. You're making me so happy saying that because I was talking to my sister mm-hmm. and she's actually having a baby in two months, which is so exciting. So third grandchild and, um, can't wait to meet her. <laughs> but she, I said, do you have any questions for Ashley who's coming mm-hmm. on the podcast? And she said, does she have feelings when she walks into certain homes? Mm-hmm. Ask her what she feels <laughs> about your home. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, I just wrote to her, um, before you got here, great question. I'll ask her. So yeah. what, so when you walk into spaces, like you were mm-hmm. saying, even when you were at the firm in London, yeah. you walked in and you had a certain energy that you were picking up from all of the, the people. you know, hustle and bustle and people feeling stress. And mm-hmm. when you walk into spaces, do you hear noise? Like, or are you super focused until someone specifically asks you to really hone in on them specifically so I guess on my day-to-day I'm not always trying to tap into everything because it would be a lot (laughs) yeah it just some of it just happens naturally and other times I'll have to put a little bit more effort into just being present and Mm. letting it happen but when I walked into your home I mean that's just a an instant thing and that that room we have no furniture (laughs) (laughs) and that room downstairs I like it the one that you're not you're not sure about yet right the potential bike room yes I like that one a lot I think that biking will be happening there though not (laughs) me nestled into the corner maybe try a meditation in there might surprise you I need to my meditation um until recently, I would say over the past three or four months, because mm-hmm. there's been a big life change, as yeah. you know, has been more so almost drowning out some of my sounds and insecurities by listening to podcasts, which mm-hmm. I found very comforting. I am trying now, though, to have a little more silence, to not fill every second with other mm-hmm. people's voices. Yeah. Because that always was kind of a comfortable place for mm-hmm. me, even in the car. I'd want to listen to other people talking. Yeah. But now, even though I still love doing that, I'm really trying to move away from that to some level because I need to sit in my own thoughts a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But that was hard for me. And I thought I was taking actually the path of enjoyment by Mm -hmm. listening to other people speaking. But now I'm trying to just listen to myself and my inner thoughts. Well, the power of silence, I think, is one of the best gifts we can give ourselves. And if we look at how our day starts from the, well, let's say the average person, how their day starts from the moment they wake up. They're on their phone. They're probably listening to music. Yeah. They might be having their headphones in, listening to podcasts or music en route to work. Right. At work, there's a bunch of noise, phone calls, interactions. Same thing on the way home. And then when they get home, maybe it's TV, maybe it's more music, maybe it's podcasts, maybe they're at the gym with headphones in again. So how many hours a day are we actually spending in silence? And We can use, there's so many moments that we can really focus on this power of silence, whether it's in the car, no radio, no music, no Mm -hmm. anything, going on walks without our phones, stuff like that. And the more you do it, it becomes so empowering. And sometimes I'll just, in the middle of the day, just when I'm feeling like I have a lot on my mind, I'll just go lay in bed and I'll just be quiet for five minutes. And it's amazing how quickly a solution comes to my mind, yeah. an answer, yeah. clarity, yeah. whatever word we want to use for it. There's so much power in silence. And I think that one of the reasons you recognize that early on is because you are intuitive. Yeah. So I feel like our job is to just help more people step into that. It's such um, a reset too. 
Huge reset. And I notice sometimes I'm not even breathing mm-hmm. until I go consciously and try and take a deep breath. Yeah. So how important is breathing? Has this been something that you've always been into? Like, did you always know that breathing was so instrumental or is this something that over the past however many years that you really started to dive into being more intuitive that then you realized how aligned those things were? Well, one of my pivotal moments when I knew that I was very intuitive is I went to Wim Hof in Spain. Oh my God. When I was living in London and this was before, this was in about 2017. So it was before he was really famous and there was only about 60 people there. It was mm. at the W Hotel and oh, we just went through. <laughs> it actually wasn't that nice of one. No. <laughs> it was a downgrade. It was a downgrade, but it was an amazing experience. And we did a ton of breath work and then we did the ice bath with yeah. Wim Hof. And I remember everybody laying on the floor in the hotel room and we were doing this super intense breathing. And I remember my hands were shaking and kind of spasming. So were my feet that's totally normal. Yeah. And you just keep going with it. And then when he stopped, he said, okay, everybody just, you know, take one more deep breath. There's tea and fruit, take a little rest. And then we're going to come back in here and do another round. And I laid there and just to take a quick step back, I remember when I walked through the doors, somebody looked at me and said, have you ever done this before? And I said, no. And he said, this is going to be the best natural high you've ever had. And I looked at him and thought, okay, I have no expectations. This is new to me. Well, when I was laying there after the first round of breath work was done, I felt like I was just, I've never felt so peaceful, so calm. And like, I really just let go. Mm. So after that, you know, we finished the Wim Hof course and then I go back to London. I'm in Notting Hill. I love to run around Hyde Park. Yeah. I was like this when I was running. Wow. The greens were brighter, the smell of the air, the flowers. I was, I honestly felt like I was in another world. Euphoria. Euphoria. I've never had my senses so heightened like that. Wow. And on the airplane um, from Spain back to London, I always had an issue with turbulence and it was probably the most turbulent ride I've ever been on. And I just sat there like, Tom, you're okay. You're actually all right. So I knew between that happening and then the the heightened senses that there was so much more for me to explore Mm. on that path. And after that, I started to recognize that most days I walked around with my stomach tight, not Mm. breathing. Wow. And I think a lot of us do that. I still do it today. It's like we're anticipating something bad is going to happen. What's going to come at me? That is, that is such a shame, honest Mm -hmm. to God. Yeah. It's like, I do believe that we all have these great intentions Mm -hmm. and then one thing can happen because somebody else is projecting onto you and it stops you in your track and Mm -hmm. it completely, you know, you have to get back to that place, but it requires energy. And so I think it's easier sometimes for people to continue then to just take on the mood that someone project on projected mm-hmm. onto them and just stay in that place versus working on, no, actually, that's your problem, mm-hmm. not my problem. Other yeah. people's feelings or I don't know. <laughs> TFEs, thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Yeah, those are yours, mm-hmm. not mine. And yeah. I am going to go back to the place where I feel comfortable, which mm-hmm. is feeling good. Yeah, exactly. But it's easier, I think, to ride the wave of mm-hmm. feeling shitty because they yeah. are being shitty to you. Yeah. And then you take and that using on. The, using the throat chakra. What I say to my clients is that you have to have this, you know, back to the yin and the yang. You have to have this balance of 
taking the high road when I guess this is specifically with people that people that might not be doing the work, they might be very reactive, negative, take the high road, but also use your throat, throat chakra and your voice. It's that combination of that. Tell me more though. What does this mean? With my family, for instance, I found that a lot of the times I was taking the high road and not getting into it with them, not fighting back, just being really strong inside and saying, I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to say things that I regret. They would do it, but I would just say, no, not going to go there. So that's an example of really taking the high road. And we are, we like that though. Well, we we don't. Not when it's all, all alone. Because what happened to me is that I took the hotter road so often that it started to, you know, there's things that start to build up inside of you because you've really taken on a lot, no matter, no matter how much you try to protect yourself, you're taking on a lot of, right. You're just taking on a lot. It's still being said to you enough that, you know, my mom would always say, if you say it enough times, someone's going to believe it. Mm -hmm. And so they do, they have have a ripple effect. Yeah. So I felt like there is, I guess the best way to describe it is too many of those ripples that were just inside of me. And I thought, okay, this whole taking the high road, like good job, Ashley, like you've done a lot of work on yourself to get there and there's always more to be done, but you're missing a piece of the puzzle. And that is using your voice and using your voice properly. Yeah, not in a venomous way. Mm-hmm. But it, so how do you get to a place though where you're not just going, wait a second, and then mm-hmm. lashing back out at the person? Mm-hmm. Like how do you actually make it an impactful, meaningful, um, I guess, reaction mm-hmm. by just saying, we're not doing this today and I kind think- of just crushing it? Or do you are you supposed to be teaching a lesson? Well, I think lessons can't be taught when somebody's in their limbic system like that. So a lot of the time it will just be, you know, I guess to give you an example, let's say that you're in an interaction where somebody else is losing it a little bit more and you're really holding down the fort, I guess, and you're keeping everything controlled. You can just say to them, you know what? I think it would be best if we just waited till a little bit later to talk about this because you're being really reactive right now. Right. I'm going to leave the room, whatever it is, the building, it doesn't matter. And I think that we should both think about this and communicate when we're both a little bit calmer. You're already calm, but saying both. Right. And yeah. Okay. Again, you're kind of giving them the benefit (laughs) of the doubt by saying both of us need Mm -hmm. to cool off. Yeah. Because imagine if you were yelling at me right now and I said, hey, let's, let's just talk about this tomorrow. You know, we're both not in a great place to be communicating. Yeah. And then you don't really give them the opportunity to fight back. You just go. And I think it really takes people up or catches people mm-hmm. off guard. And then it's true, though. The next day, people do have time to reflect. If you're yeah. able to get to that point where you actually can yeah. leave. Because it is it can be difficult for myself, too. When mm-hmm. I want to communicate something, something that I do is I feel like I, I think my trauma of my past Mm -hmm. because of my relationship with my dad, I always felt like I needed to see a resolution be, Mm -hmm. um, seen through. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want someone to leave without there being a resolution or Mm -hmm. it was going to continue to be rocky. So I needed to make sure that was shut down. Mm -hmm. But where that gets me usually is nowhere. Yeah. Because other people need their own time and space Mm -hmm. to get to that resolution. Mm -hmm. And then, 
I don't know. It's hard for me though. That's really a challenge for me. So what I've learned through working with different clients, and this resonates with me personally as well, is that if you're really intuitive, you're more geared to wanting warmth, communication, and immediate solution because it impacts you now and it impacts you afterwards until the solution is really found, I guess. But a lot of people aren't, they don't, they don't have that issue. They're more, I guess, detached is the right word. So they want no communication and space and they want to circle back in a couple of days, a week, a month, whatever it is. And it's just two very different communication styles. Uh So what I've learned is that I can't always get warmth communication. Let's talk right now. Let's sort this out. But at the other side of things, they don't always get what they want. They don't always, why should they get a month to, you know, cool off? Because if I'm adhering to that, they're not adhering to what I needed. So I've started to learn, how can we get people to meet in the middle? Yeah. And that's hard. How do you? Because that's really what I always say. And Mm -hmm. when we went for um, coffee with you the other day, we kind of got into you know, communication styles, argument styles. For me, Mm -hmm. I feel like if we're having an argument, we're not getting anywhere. No one is winning. And I feel like people, when they get into that kind of state of mind, they feel like someone has to win. Yeah. And then the conversation ends. Mm -hmm. And then one person inevitably, if not both, feel terrible. Yeah. One putting the other person down to the level of Mm -hmm. not winning and the other person feeling like, they were just pummeled mm-hmm. by this conversation. Like that's something I really want to work on though. Yeah. And I, I, I don't like know. A, it's like a negotiation, yeah. right? If, if you feel really good after the negotiation, the other pro- person probably doesn't feel very good and vice versa. So usually when you're having these discussions, I find that's something you can say. If we both come to the table and are open and honest with each other, we're probably going to both leave feeling like we didn't get exactly what we wanted, but we got a little bit of what we wanted. And if you leave feeling you, like you got everything that you wanted, how do you think that would make me feel? Because sometimes that I can't see so both sensible. sides. Yeah, Paul it's not always that so easy. Sensible. <laughs> so how does this impact your romantic relationships? Have you had people who are simpatico in being able to be constructive? Because you're so open-minded. Well, I've had... <laughs> I've had some that are, yeah. and I've had some that aren't. And I learned a lesson recently from one who they just didn't want to go deep, as they would say. And for me, it was really challenging because I feel like I go I have deep. To. I go deep with most people. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's kind of that golden rule of you're not supposed to help people heal unless they're open to it and they'd like to do it. Mm. But what I, and I'm, quite respectful of those boundaries but I think where I felt challenged is that I was this extreme and they were that extreme so add a glass or wine or two in there (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I wanted to put the healing hat on (laughs) right just did not go well um we actually talked about it and you know after things had cooled down and we actually we had one of those types of communication where both people came to the table spoke their word and we both left feeling happy and we have a friendship now so that's right. that's a wonderful ending that doesn't always happen right um but i really recognize that you know that's kind of a non-negotiable for me because it's so important it's how i live my life yeah. but i also have to be cautious not to push it on people we t- we also kind of talked a little bit about you know, when you meet someone and 
um, not only are they an, in a fellow intuitive, but mm-hmm. people that have certain curiosities, do you feel like you connect with people that can go deep? Mm-hmm. Like, or do you feel like typically you do connect with people that we go are, deep? Go deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, a, right away yeah. though. Yeah. And not on a level of, you know, like the darkest thing immediately, mm-hmm. like this is the worst day of mm-hmm. my life. Let's talk about that immediately. But I feel like you're very open. Mm-hmm. I'm attracted to people that are open, mm-hmm. typically closed personalities. I'm more resistant to, and I am interested in understanding why, but I don't, mm-hmm. it is like something I definitely feel that energy. Yeah. So do you feel like you are typically in relationships with friends that are also much more open level of openness? Yeah, definitely. And I think that along my road, along this journey, I've helped a lot of people deal with certain things and be more open. I actually, funny enough, as I was packing today, I opened up a journal Mm. and it was the last entry I wrote in London when I had decided I was going to come home. So this would have been... 2018 or 2019 and it was so interesting to see what I was writing back then and how much I knew who I was but I didn't realize it yeah because so much of it was about this is who I am and I'm surrounded by these types of people like how how do I work out this world like I need to do what makes me fulfilled I need to work with people that want to heal and that meant you know personally professionally all those things so it was hugely eye-opening for me yeah but I also wrote a little note about how much my friends respect me and want my advice and I remember then people would always call me. They really, really felt that I listened with an open heart and communicated with them really well. And that was the start of Intuitive and Coach Ashley. I just didn't realize it. Was it a surprise to anyone who knows you well that you have pursued this? Mm, I'd say, I mean, with the words, using the word psychic and medium can be a little bit confusing for people. But I actually don't think anybody that knew me really well was that surprised are there different levels of psychic and me like what are the different tiers of it you know like let's say you know we hear about um long island medium and she's going Mm -hmm. through the crowd i hear the letter a i hear the Mm -hmm. letter this and your father there was an illness i feel it in my gut Mm -hmm. like do you have those instincts do you see locations like you said some pretty Mm -hmm. specific things to me Mm -hmm. but do you feel that kind of pull like that you could literally be in a room with five people and you could potentially target one person that something is like what and what are the voices I have so many (laughs) questions about this well I feel one thing so when you start off you're quite timid to be honest and I would do so I would just really really prepare and I actually spoke to my medium about it and he just laughed at me because he said you know Ashley I've been doing this since I was 19 and he just lost it. And he said, I remember when I had the crystals and the candles and the journal out. Right. And I thought, that's what I'm doing. And he said, it's beautiful that you're starting like that, but eventually you're not going to need to. So right. the more that I do it, the less, um, what would be the right word for it? Like the less... Um, like you don't need all the props. The props. The... That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. The less props that I yeah. need because it's actually just about what's inside of me. Right. And channeling on the spot is something that you get really good at over time. So uh-huh. I knew that recently when I, I went to go do a 10-day silent meditation, I went to do some bufo and I thought that's going to really help me with my channeling. 
on the spot and to get over the, is it a fear of judgment or just that people are going to believe you almost because it's still like, trust me, there's times when I say things and I think, okay, do I really, can I really say this? Like when I said the Aladdin Aladdin. thing, yeah, (laughs) was an example and it resonates with the moon, right? Immediately after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just say it all now and you have to be so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Any Super creative, vulnerable. open person already is burying themselves, mm-hmm. but you yeah. specifically mm-hmm. telling someone else something so intimate. Yeah. Like already what I do as an interior designer, mm-hmm. you know, I go into someone's home and I, t- I have to tell them who I think they are yeah. without really knowing them mm-hmm. and how they should live. Mm-hmm. But you are telling them what is inside of them, what they're pre-existing history might be mm-hmm. when certain links to their family members might be yeah you really are putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and the more I do it the more confident I get with it and I think that that's when you see the Long Island person that you just get better as the, <laughs> the Long Island person yeah what was her name that hair I haven't seen her I don't remember okay what but you get you just you it's like anything right it's a muscle the more you work on it the stronger you get And I'm starting to see that in myself where I don't need to prepare for an hour before. I don't even usually need to prepare prepare for half an hour anymore. And I had to trust myself and let go. So that was a big exercise. What is the preparation? Like start, let's start at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. day. Cause I imagine just every day in general, you are tapping into just Mm -hmm. calming yourself, breathing. Like it's all part of part mm-hmm. of this whole process for you yeah and so actually it's I remember when you said oh I thought you were a health or a fitness coach and yeah. I thought about that because when I was working as a CPA I did all those wellness certifications like yeah. nutrition fitness etc yeah. and today I needed to do those that was definitely part of the path because yeah. in order to it's holistic um, the whole it's, experience it's holistic and I need yeah. to be holistically well yeah. so how and when I work out what I put into my body like mindset growth making sure I'm having fun I have to think about all of these different areas yeah. and that's something I help my clients with now but when I wake up in the morning I'm like you I'm really really mm-hmm. happy Good. and I often dance and just have tears in my eyes yeah I didn't have that for a long time not until I really started getting on to the right path yeah and that's you're beautiful. grateful grateful and to start the day with that energy is so special so I do my three m's normally I'm a morning person so I like to wake up at five yeah I don't do it all the time but I try to and be consistent like do you just get up do you just have an internal clock or do you set a clock I set a clock and if I'm really into the routine I'll, I'll just wake up so, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting up early and then mm-hmm. the three M's. So I meditate, yeah. I master and I move and to the men out there, masters, not masturbation. <laughs> I love I guess it. Maybe we should make Short it for a master. <laughs> I, I, when I, when I created yeah. it, I didn't even think about that. I thought master <laughs> is like mastering your skill. You could be reading, you okay. could be writing, yeah. but you know what? Masturbation is so good for you. Why Constant not have a morning in. masturbation? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so just getting ready for the day. <laughs> it's going to have two meanings now. <laughs> the four M's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're beginning the day no, like that. Beginning the day, no technology, no for screens. For how long? Until I'm done all three. So okay. meditation's meditation. Master is usually reading for me. Sometimes I'll journal. And then um, movement is my workout. So 
I like to spend an hour on each of them, but that's not always wow. realistic. And, yeah. you know, if I have clients that will say, oh, I can't do that. Well, first of all, I say, show me your screen time because it's usually how many hours. I know mine on. went up last week and mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, I don't like that, but I have been trying to post well, these videos. You need to be doing one more of your three M's in the morning. I know. I know. How do we fit it all in? <laughs> well, you can do five minutes, five minutes and five minutes. And that's really the simplicity of it because who doesn't have 15 minutes in the right. morning? You can. So there's no excuse though. There's it's, no you know, excuse. Like, like you're yeah. saying, when someone is trying to excuse the fact mm-hmm. that they don't have time for something, they're choosing not to have time for themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there always is something else that yeah. they have time for. And it's the power Scrolling. of silence, right? Yeah. Like there, if before you've even started your day, how I explain it to my clients is if we think about you know, we've got our life force in front of us and our life force is like a big fuel tank. So you could fill it with fuel or fill it with something beautiful. For me, I think about like, it's just filled with an abundance of stars. So in the morning, I like it too. It feels really good. If I wake up and I look at my phone, I look at social media, email, the dating app, text messages, you're depleting your energy before you've even gone out of bed. But instead, if you wake up and you don't look at any of it and you meditate, and you master and you move then you're actually overflowing with energy and you've been quiet so you start the more you do that it's just unbelievable I mean that's how I've gotten myself out of very hard times and whenever I'm struggling Mm -hmm. I go right back to that and just being in Calgary has been hard for me yeah and I found because it's so dark here in the morning and it's been cloudier than normal I was having a really hard time doing my 5 a.m.s. Right. And now I'm back in the groove with it. And I'm like, hello. Yeah. Like you're ready <laughs> to you take go? on the day. Okay. Ready so we're like at 8 a.m. now. So what okay. happens from 8 a.m. onward? I don't take clients till 9. Okay. And I usually, I fast. So I yeah. have a bulletproof matcha in the morning. Yeah. So when Ooh, we a bulletproof matcha. Yeah, I do not like a bulletproof coffee. I just oh, don't like the taste. We never do the matcha. Do and the I matcha. love matcha. Yeah. So oh. bulletproof, which is MCT yeah. oil, a tablespoon of grass which is fed coconut butter. Extract? Or it's, like it's the a, purest form of coconut. It's oil? a oh, uh, is MCT it? is medium chain triglyceride. That's what it is. So it's absorbed into your body differently. So if you have MCT oil and of course the grass-fed butter that goes into a bulletproof coffee or matcha in the morning you're staying in ketosis because you're fasting still and just fueling yourselves with fat versus eating carbohydrates first thing yeah and how and then when do you eat your first meal like in the Uh, afternoon anywhere from 12 to 12 to 2 p.m is usually on average I find after 3 p.m I don't feel good agreed I also do that and I couldn't I actually can't even imagine now, unless I do Mm -hmm. have a brunch scheduled, I'm not going to sit there and not Mm -hmm. eat anything, but I'll be mindful about how I eat later Mm -hmm. in the day just because my energy is so Mm -hmm. different if I do it another way now. I feel so bogged down at 4 p.m. I crash hard. Yeah. Like I need to schedule it this way, Mm -hmm. but I love then that I appreciate that first meal so much more yeah and I feel and like choose healthier options yes and I am so much more yeah. I am I don't want to use the word discipline because it makes it sound like I don't know it like is I'm discipline trying, though it is 
There's, I read a, um, something on social media the other day and I don't know, you know, the reality behind the fact checking here, but they said less, it was these different types of fast and the percent of the population that's actually capable of doing them. Mm -hmm. And it said less than 10% of the population is capable of doing a 24 hour fast with water. And that's actually not that challenging, No, but it's the old habits and the mindset of reaching for snacks and whatever else. Right. I know, but the more I would snack, which I, I think we went from, you should have three meals a day to, you should Mm -hmm. do, you know, several small snacks throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I was constantly then snacking and then crashing and then just having the sugar uh, cravings, Mm -hmm. which became so intense for me. Yeah. I just mindlessly would be eating it. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even taste it anymore. (laughs) And and then I felt terrible after. Mm -hmm. And that's what started to trigger me initially of, I need to wean myself off the sugar because mm-hmm. my headaches were getting so bad. Yeah. And then drinking yeah. lots of water. Mm-hmm. And it really lowers the belly fat. Oh my God. Hugely. Tremendously. Tremendously. Yeah. There's so much inflammation around the gut mm-hmm. with what's going on in our microbiome. Oh, it was terrible before. Yeah. And now, but if you ask me that question, mm-hmm. what could I be part of the 10%? Then I don't think I could have been. And I was also in an mm-hmm. environment where people were always snapping. They're always putting stuff out in front of me. And I felt like it was like part of the culture almost to join them. And I was not participating if I wasn't having the Mm -hmm. snacks. It sounds so silly. (laughs) It's hard though. Especially when you go in the office and there's, they have all that stuff around. I actually think COVID for me was just, it was a really beautiful time. A game changer of doing your own Mm -hmm. routine. It was, it was I just got to hone in on me, myself, and I yeah. in a way that I never have before. And I understand a lot of people were challenged during it, but there's also a lot of people that have made massive positive change yeah. in their life, which is so amazing. Yes. I think there are lots of silver linings, actually, for me. There are yeah. a lot of, again, mm-hmm. don't want to make it sound like it was an, a fantastic time. It was also such was a struggle hard. in many ways, but... Mm-hmm. I think that there were a lot of things that even, you know, getting to really explore our city and we were doing Mm -hmm. these amazing walks and such a strange time to reflect upon. Anyways, we don't need to get into COVID right now, but, um, okay. So we're nine o'clock. You have your first, um, scheduled meeting of the Mm -hmm. day with a client. Mm -hmm. Like what are, what does all of this look like? So how I prepare for a client is I feel like every day in my life, I should be doing things to prepare for myself and my clients. So that's sort of the the macro view, but then right before a session, what I do is I'll just sit somewhere in quiet, sit somewhere in peace and just see what happens. And I was telling you before I get things through all of my senses. Mm -hmm. So let's say that this is the room I was preparing in. I'd probably sit here by the window. I can look outside. I might do a meditation and I really do whatever comes to me. I might dance. I might listen to music and then I'll write down on my iPad things that surface So sometimes I'll get like an introductory paragraph to share with a person about what's going on with them right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I might get visions and my visions are becoming a lot clearer. So I had a client where I was having a man come in and I could actually see him and describe him in more depth, which was really interesting. I might get time frames. I might help them on their healing journeys. I might get pains in places. Like I might say, oh, my left hand's really aching. And they'd probably say, oh, well, this happened or past injury or it might have to do with the future which is when you can ask for more clarity 
Do you usually have a sense of past, present, future? I'm getting better at it, but sometimes it's hard because you get something happens and you, you have to ask what, because the spiritual timeline is not the same as earth's timeline. So what I've learned is that you, you can always ask for more clarity, but we don't always get the right answer. So we're never going to be perfect at that. So, okay. So I have had a session with you. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it so much. It has been so thought provoking for Mm -hmm. me. Um, you, so part of the process is, you know, there are a couple questions that you asked as the, um, I guess intuitive or the intuitive to me, the client, what Mm -hmm. do I call myself? The client, the client, um, what if someone leaves those blank or, you know, is cause that will give you a little bit of a trajectory, mm-hmm. you know, someone will highlight family relationship, health. Oh, a um, lot of people just, just ask for a general reading. General. Yeah. Okay. So I was very specific. Yeah. So yeah. that obviously would give you context mm-hmm. to what might be, I guess, mm-hmm. a pain point for me. Yeah. So some people ask specific questions and yeah. other people, they just want a general open reading. Okay. And those, I mean, either way I'll prepare, but with a general open, you're going to get stuff from all over the place. And that's right. usually like, I end up just typing, you know, on my iPad all in different areas. And then I have to sort of summarize it oh. depending on how the information's come in. But I like doing both equally. So I thought about that. Do I let them ask questions? Do I not? But right. I think I'm getting to the point where yeah, what's I like to have, I like to have the questions beforehand. And that was part of like preparing in the control, especially when you first get started. But now I feel like it's, it is good to have the questions before, but I don't need them. Okay. Now I'm thinking, would I go about it in a more general way than mm-hmm. next time? Cause maybe you would even be able to have a greater lens of yeah and what happens is that the stronger the two-way communication is the mm-hmm. better so early on people would say oh I just want you to read me everything mm-hmm. and I it never felt good after I thought that doesn't really feel good they just want they're expecting me to tell them every single thing about their life right and even though it resonated with them a lot of the time it just left me feeling kind of empty and what I learned through like draining empty or yeah it just felt very one-sided and what I've learned with my training with the medium that I use is he said you know one of the reasons that it's so important to open the door with someone and say how are you doing today tell me about your week is that you know, if we think about the universe and the way that we can tap into it, we know that things like sound and vibrations will, they, they can hear that a little bit more strongly. So when you're speaking and I'm speaking, we're opening more doors and we're getting more guides involved and telling them that we are both here in this moment mm-hmm. and we want to share and we want you to help us on our healing journey to keep it really simply. And I've noticed that the more open my clients are to really communicating back and forth, I get so much more that comes to me. So right. for an example, if someone says, oh, I want to start a business, tell me about that. 
Uh-huh. I could tell them a little bit about it. Right. And if I say, well, why don't you share a little bit more if they're trepidatious? Because I don't know if they want to test me or whatever it I is. I think so. Probably. Yeah. I'm not going to get as much information. But yeah. then the same person I just said, I said, you know, I'm going to get a lot more information if you just elaborate a little bit more. And then he started talking about different funds. And then all of a sudden I got, okay, he's going to be doing three funds over this period of time. Mm. This is what this one is. This is what that one is. This right. is what this one is. But sometimes we need little tidbits. So when my channel's more open, your channel's going to be more open. Exactly. Yeah, because I really liked your approach and I didn't mm -hmm. know, again, what it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And I've had lots of readings throughout my life. And, yeah. you know, you go to one and you're sitting in Greenwich Village and you don't say anything. Yeah. You maybe say something at the mm -hmm. end. But yeah. the whole time they're talking and a lot of it you're going okay, maybe I'll bank that for future. I'll yeah. bank that for future. But you're not saying anything. Mm -hmm. You're just sitting there. They're maybe doing a tarot card. They maybe are touching your hand. They maybe yeah. ask you one question at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then you are kind of future casting, is this happening then? Because mm -hmm. none of this is really resonating, but this is their thing. They yeah. know. I know. And everybody does it differently. Yeah, but yours was interesting because I feel like again, because I didn't know how you would do it, mm -hmm. you asked me questions throughout it and that mm -hmm. pushed you and then you kind of referenced some of your notes that you had in advance of that and you'd say, I don't know if this resonates with you, but... Mm -hmm. yeah. And every single thing was like, okay, that's so interesting how that aligns. Mm -hmm. And I actually um, talked to my girls that I worked with after I met with you mm -hmm. and... One of them said, how did it go with the medium? And I shared a little. But again, I yeah. felt a little protective and trepidatious to share it. Yeah. Because other people, you know, not to use the word woo-woo, think that mm -hmm. it can be, you know, very much the power of suggestion. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't trust that because then how is it not going to be pushing you into that direction? And I mm -hmm. said, well, regardless, you can't change the fact that you are being pushed in that direction. <laughs> so that's the guide. Yeah regardless mm -hmm. we can't go back no. so that's You've literally got, the yeah. path you're taking whether mm -hmm. or not someone tells you to yeah. you're choosing that direction mm -hmm. and we so I don't know and I think again it's a blockage that people have mm -hmm. they like to be critical about it oh, they like they to think that yeah. it's some kind of I don't know hokey thing mm -hmm. and my experience has always been the exact opposite but yeah. I don't know if it's just because I'm open to it well you know what you can say to them next time say she was a CPA. She, I guess I'm still one, but you can say she's a CPA. She's super logical and analytical. And I found that that's given me more credibility because generally people that are intuitive don't usually have that background. Right. And what I found is that one of well, the reasons on LinkedIn, I say I'm a performance advisor with a yeah. powerful intuition is because in the business world, no matter which one of the, the woo woo lingo words I use, people are like, Ooh, like they kind of go cross-eyed. But if you just say that, oh, I'm a performance advisor and I've got a powerful intuition, they think, oh, she probably meditates. So it's a little bit softer for uh -huh. them. <laughs> right. Like and it's an easier way that. for them to ease into that concept. Yeah. And I really think like the, my main goal is to help people reach their full potential and understand yeah. that there's different ways that we can do this and there might be a different path for us. Right. And whether I'm working as an intuitive with people that are okay with that lingo or I'm working with people as a performance advisor that aren't quite as open to the spiritual world, I really am doing the same thing. And I'm, 
I'm helping people get from A to B. I'm helping see some things a little bit differently and giving them more depth. What's so interesting though, is someone might be so resistant to this their whole lives and then something happens to them and they realize, wait a second, I can't handle the situation with logic. Yeah, this is maybe a passing of a family member or something that Mm -hmm. has happened that is way beyond their control. And you can't just Reddit or Google an answer and you feel like you need somebody or some power to kind of guide you. And I don't know if it's something, you know, spirituality, religion, whatever it be Mm -hmm. based that you are looking just for a guiding light. But I feel like in that instant, someone can be turned into believing it. It's like people think it's some kind of sorcery. It's not. It's things we already (laughs) know a lot of the time. I'm a little bit of a witch. Yeah, I'm a little witchy too. And (laughs) I definitely have, my sister and I had this teen witch book. Yeah. And and maybe I've even looked at a couple films recently. (laughs) I love uh, that movie. Oh my God. I love that. And not to do anything malicious, witchcraft mm-hmm. can be incredibly positive. Yeah. And yeah. So And people become believers because yeah. because I am. So the traditional sense of I guess the traditional definition of a medium is somebody that's only speaking to people that have passed and communicating to you. Okay. But mm-hmm. there's a, a medium today is just you're speaking to guides or spirit, the universe, whatever you want to call it. So there's more modern mediums where it's not just stuck you in a that modern one. medium I think I am yeah like where does it come <laughs> from for you what do you think the these I don't know what are I, I have guides around yeah, me and guides. some people get really specific and they have names for them but for me they're ever-changing and they're there angels guides that's how I feel and I almost like to leave it a little bit open because I don't think that it's my job to be telling them what they are or telling other people what they are. I just know that they're there, if that makes sense. Does, okay, I kind of think I know the answer to this, but also when someone does want to know Mm -hmm. with, do you, because I'm sure some people really have one specific point of interest that they want to have, you know, an answer on Mm -hmm. like, will I, I don't know, am I going to get this job? This is the only job that I think will ever make me happy. Mm -hmm. I need to get this job. Please tell me I'm getting this job. Like, I'm sure you can feel the energy. Mm -hmm. Please tell me what I want to hear. I'm as honest honest as I can be. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is I'm getting a lot better with my timelines. So I had two clients reach out this week. One said, you said I was going to get a new job in February. I signed on March 1st. So that was, it just makes me feel like I'm here for this reason. And I'm, and I helped this person on their path, which is really beautiful. Right. But there's other instances where I had somebody that was really wanting a promotion And I just said to them, I said, I don't think you're going to get the promotion. And I know right now that that feels, it doesn't feel good because you want it really badly, but there's other plans for you and it's actually going to open up other doors. So I think that there's ways of sort of calming them down and understanding that I'm not going to confirm something just because you want it. And I'm just going to share with you what's coming to me. And that's what happened. Do you feel like some people mistake what you're doing sometimes for a therapeutic kind of it's quite you know, therapeutic I think pro- but can do you feel like they're I don't know like unloading mm-hmm. things onto you 
I kind of did that. But do they, you know, because again, it is kind of deeply tied, but are they maybe, you know, in place of therapy going, Ashley's telling me this is going to be okay. Or I kind Mm -hmm. of have my guiding post until Mm -hmm. my next session. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay until then. And then I'm going to check in again. Yeah. Some people I see every week. So that's, I mean, there's going to be intuition there, but there's not a lot that shifts within a week. Right. So you get the intuitive Ashley, but you actually, you get the coach Ashley as well. Which maybe really therapist does. is I don't know what word we should use because I right. think I kind of fall into all of them. Yeah. Um, what did you call yourself though on um, on your Instagram or on performance advisor? Right. Mm-hmm. So I do feel though performance advisor really does kind of tap into mm-hmm. that because yeah. you are like performance beyond career yeah. is life, and you are really having to always I want to navigate help people that perform better in yeah, just all in areas general. of their life in general like I think what really resonates with me is that like I said despite the amazing experience I had as a CPA there's a lot of people in finance accounting law and they are performing really well in their job but in the other areas of life there's challenges yeah and we really need to just major. focus on our major <gasps> yeah we need to focus on ourselves holistically and when I say I want to help people perform better that means all areas of life and finding balance, clarity, and strength. Right. Um, okay, wait. Um, okay, when you talk to me about a place that makes you happy, you said mm-hmm. that what was really resonating with you was the feeling that you had when you went to Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you to be in a place like that? Like, do you feel like you can also tap in more holistically into the full experience mm-hmm. like as soon as you said it I felt a warmth <sighs> a just good, so good. feeling mm-hmm. and coming here you're saying you know it took you a while to reacclimatize, and mm-hmm. just the mornings were difficult and just trying to get back into your rhythm mm-hmm. so is knowing that you're going to be going back to California you're going to Palm Springs tomorrow I feel like I'm already there yeah yeah and I felt like that so when I drove home from Montana on mid-February around there, I could feel the shift starting to happen. And then we had the new moon and I got to spend that with two of my best girlfriends yeah. who I'm going to introduce you to, yeah. which was really unbelievable. And I felt even more of a powerful shift. And since that moment, I've just been, I've been living here, but I haven't been here mm. because I wake up and I know that I'm going home because California is so much more my home. Does that make it more difficult then to get into your positive space? Easier. Okay. Mm-hmm. I felt oh, I've just been so evolved, super energized. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of laugh because it comes with like I feel like I've been waking up at three a.m. Right. And I've been meditating. Right. And then I've been working. Right. And I have this super like supercharged energy that's unbelievable. But it's almost like we go through different spiritual awakenings or shifts, and you're either going to deal with extreme fatigue or you're going to be super energized and. This one's really monumental for me and I'm feeling really energized and just good. Do you feel like you're going into a new chapter right now? Like, are you entering a literal new chapter of your life? Mm-hmm. I is feel that like what I'm going into a, Oh, how can I explain it? I feel like that. Yeah. 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 Cause you're, there's a lot of people going through this right now because there's a certain planet and I don't know which one. But yeah he has moved out of the way of where he's been for seven years and he's going to stay there for three months and then he's going to come back again. And what does that mean though? The three month shift? 
I don't know. I'm not super familiar with the exact science yeah. behind all the planets, but what I do remember from reading it is that it's been there for seven years. So for it to move out of the way, there's going to be a lot of people that are feeling like they've had a weight lifted off. And it's mm. almost like that feeling of a new, okay, there's changes. I've been working towards this for a while. I'm yeah. finally seeing the light a little bit more. Right. And that's really important because a lot of us have been at it for a while and yeah. we've wondered, okay, when are we going to start to see the fruits of our labor? And it's not that we haven't, but more consistently. Right. And that's what this time is about. It really is. Yeah. So this is the month to keep going and just really, really get into that flow. I feel like I'm in seize the day moment. Were you wearing a carpe diem sweater? (laughs) Of course you were. Yeah. Oh my God. I got that in Palm Springs at a vintage market. Oh, I love it. Is that vintage market beside that high school? Is Uh, that where that is? They do a fabulous one there. There's the synagogue in the neighborhood that we're familiar with. Yeah. It's there. That one's only once or twice a year, but I found not been to that. Oh, I went to an amazing vintage market there I love it so much there's actually this designer that Mm -hmm. I'm meeting up with on the 29th Mm -hmm. he's fabulous he and his partner are going there okay I should hook you guys up you should and he has all of these hot spots around there that he goes um anyhow just side note Mm -hmm. Palm Springs seriously if you haven't been there and it surprises me how many Mm -hmm. people have not been there because it's such an easy flight from here too it is totally as soon as you land there though and you get off at that airport Good vibes. Good vibes. I love that airport. It's calm. It's warm. Yeah. The mountains really hug you. They're very healing. Yes. Santa Barbara mm-hmm. airport though. Anything that's touched by Oprah. <laughs> I'm like, it's first of all, Oprah is in the vicinity. Money's going into <laughs> yeah. it and it's going to be an, a great experience. Yeah, I like that. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I just love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are there any moments where you can feel in a conversation that you're having Mm -hmm. someone's kind of pushing for an answer just a friend Mm -hmm. but they know that you have this gift Mm -hmm. and they feel I don't know can you feel that they're kind of pushing for some kind of answer it it happens more now but yeah if people are my friends I'm obviously like friends are friends so of course I'm gonna help them and answer but then I know when to say Okay, I think it's time to book a session with me. Or do you have to stop yourself ever? Because again, that's kind of like my job. I'm Mm -hmm. like, how many pillows do I want to rearrange before (laughs) you should pay me? Yeah, exactly. Because everyone asks me too. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. And I'm going, I don't like it, Mm -hmm. but... The most a, you're not paying one. me and what's your budget? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The most common one I get is that from friends is yeah. about relationships. Of course. Because they like to think that it's a quick question, but it's still work for me. And and like I said, it depends on the person. Sometimes I'm happy to answer something brief. Um, other times, just book a session with or me. Or do you ever introduce it though? So, oh yeah. Like do you yeah. open the door I mean, to I, it? I went to that my... could be a little tricky too yeah like I went to my girlfriend's house for tarot and tea last night that's so fun it was really great so you do do tarot I do tarot sometimes but not very often how do you feel about do you ever do um the the oracle yeah no I've never done it before it is so interesting it has been so accurate so many times and that's my sign I should try it you should (laughs) and it's fun to just pull it out of the pocket it's a little sharp I don't know if you should bring it through airport (laughs) security but um 
we did that with the gender of the children and that was accurate the amount I mean we have two and yeah but again I believe these things Mm -hmm. so I feel like yeah of course it was right to believe I mean yeah like I guess the the reality is is that if you don't believe that there is something bigger going on than Calgary Alberta and the planet called earth right (laughs) yeah I mean come on let's be honest Exactly. So like, why not going be open on. to it? We don't know what it is. We, we have some idea, I guess. But yeah. And there are just too many signs, mm-hmm. I think, that are out there. And again, I always re- I relate it back to language. Someone said this to me who is a linguist. And they mm-hmm. said, if you're open to learning a language, you have to immerse yourself. You mm-hmm. have to be open to it. And then you will absorb it. Yeah. If you're not, you're not going to take any of it on. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. If you, if you want to read the signs, they'll be there. If yeah. you don't, like my dad passed in, mm-hmm. in October. And when I went to get him at mm-hmm. the crematorium um the woman who was working there again it's like so crazy that it's just this transactional thing mm-hmm. she handed that. him back to me and the yeah. he's up in the uh he, freezer now he's in a um a ginger jar oh, a God. lovely beautiful <laughs> ginger jar that when i purchased it never thought he'd end up in it yeah but he's in our kitchen right now so i'm glad he's here with us but mm-hmm. she you know, is in this environment day in and day out. I think she's been doing it 20 years. And she said, I'm so happy to hear you've had signs and feelings Mm -hmm. right immediately as my father passed. I started feeling Mm -hmm. it right away. But she said she's never felt any of her family come to her. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, is it a gift that I have? Or are you just not open? And I'm surprised you're not open considering Mm -hmm. you're in this environment. I Mm -hmm. would think you'd be more tapped into a spiritual kind of, you know, realm. Well, it's her date. It's her job. Yeah. So so. a lot of people, if especially tune it out, they tune it out and maybe she doesn't love her job. So she's tuning it out even more is probably what would resonate with me there. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying I would ever want to work at a crematorium, (laughs) but I would, I just feel like what a sensitive kind of finite experience Mm -hmm. it can be for so many. And so, but for me, And I also said this to you, it doesn't feel finite for me. It actually feels like a new beginning of my Mm -hmm. relationship with my dad. Yeah, which is really beautiful. Yeah, even though I lost him physically, Mm -hmm. I feel like mentally, presently, spiritually, he's everywhere Mm -hmm. now and in a way that he couldn't be before. And you can ask him for answers. I ask him all the time. I don't even think he would have been able to give me these answers <laughs> before he departed. We but just need to get you the part wolf shirt. I need that. I was thinking about that also the other day. So tarot card readings online. How mm-hmm. do you feel about, have you seen any of these? I've, like these I've general got, readings? I've never gotten one. But you know what was interesting is I actually was going to do... I set up an account on a platform yeah. and I was going to get one and my guides were just like, no, not today. Don't do it today. Uh-huh. And I didn't know if that was, I didn't ask any further. I just decided not to do it in that moment. And maybe right. I should have asked why, but it just didn't feel aligned. And I think it doesn't matter if somebody's doing in person or they're doing tarot online, but just sit with yourself for a moment and say, is this somebody that I want to be tapping into my sphere. Mm. And what if it's a general reading though? Cause there are a lot of these tarot card readers, tarot card readers that do it on YouTube, mm-hmm. let's say, and they'll say, this is a general reading. Take from it what you can. Mm-hmm. Like, just so you know, it's like not specific. Mm-hmm. So 
you have to kind of ignore the rest, but mm-hmm. if it speaks to you, then, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, wow, this is speaking to me, but again, yeah. maybe 30,000 other people too, but does that matter? I don't think it matters yeah, because as long as you're, it's giving you, you're hearing what you're hearing uh-huh. and they're hearing what they're hearing. Right. So if you make the decision to listen to it, yeah, that's then all you need just to be present and you know, make the learning greater than the experience. If you yeah. don't feel like you had a great experience, cause there's something there that you're going to absorb that will help you in the future. Yeah. I wonder what you would think of it. I actually, again, recently it has been so helpful <laughs> for me again, like almost in place of therapy, yeah. it's yeah. been just like a guiding mm-hmm. light of, okay, I, uh, this is telling me, but again, I know many other people can tune into mm-hmm. it, but it is speaking so directly to me yeah. that it has actually pacified me in mm-hmm. some ways when I'm feeling like, Rah! yeah. And you're getting so much better at it, right? At feeling pacified by things or in general, not needing maybe to hear something to make me I think feel... just understanding that you have everything it takes to be the best version of yourself and more comfortable in what's happening inside of you. I feel like you're telling me something yourself. right now and I like <laughs> it. And I do think that, um, yeah, there have been moments recently where I really got thrown off course and was um not feeling um I don't know I feel like I'm able to stand in myself and say okay this is my responsibility that's mm-hmm. not yeah and for a long time there are certain things that I felt that I had to control mm-hmm. but it's not something that I can control mm-hmm. and I'm trying to just let things unfold and have different, very different reactions to things Mm -hmm. than I did. And I don't think that I'm like some mind control Buddhist, Mm -hmm. like that can transcend, you know, regular reactions and feelings. But I think that I am evolving into a different place and I'm trying to focus on myself and Mm -hmm. what I can change about myself as much as possible and that's making me feel more empowered and that's hugely powerful and that's the work that we need to get more people to do it's so hard though I think um when people you kind of describe this about your experience in the finance world I also even though I was doing a job I quote-unquote loved Mm -hmm. and I still feel really proud of my accomplishments as you do as well because it led you to this point Mm -hmm. I was on autopilot for so long yeah and I feel like I can look at someone else and say that they're the reason that I was doing something but it was me I was just going through the motions Mm -hmm. and people it is so uncomfortable for people to um get out of their rhythm even if they hate it Mm -hmm. it's really hard yeah Yeah. and it's just easier to just continue to coast yeah and do the same thing over and over and have Mm -hmm. the same excuses because even people that know you will be like oh well they're flaky so of course they didn't do that and Mm -hmm. that's easier than them going oh well they're really trying and now they failed like Mm -hmm. at least try yeah you have to fail to succeed and What's come to me more recently is that it's really easy to inspire people, but you're not going to get anywhere 
just being inspired by someone. You People are inspired by you. They're inspired by me. Well, that's really great. But if they actually want to make change, they're going to have to get on the court and they're yeah. going to have to get on the court every day yeah. and play ball. You were saying that. Mm-hmm. You do. You have to. And even if it wasn't, you know, the best day, you still got out there. Mm-hmm. You still made some moves. Yeah. It's going to prepare you better for the next. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you're, I guess, when you go to a new city and you're networking and you're mm-hmm. trying to build up your career, like you're going to have a lot of meetings that are going to lead to, you know, not a new job per se, but mm-hmm. all of these conversations, like you can't say I've wasted my day spending two hours talking about design. I'm going, yeah. I've just spent two hours mm-hmm. re-acknowledging why I love what I'm doing and what I you know, reaffirming what I'm going about to do. Mm-hmm. And this person can come back into my, like every connection that you make really does lead to something. Mm-hmm. It does. Even if that isn't going to be the moment, the next person that they connect you with could mm-hmm. be. And it's just amazing it's how so these true. things come together. And you learn that as an yeah. entrepreneur, you know, you do, let's say you do something impactful that you think is going to turn into great connections or revenue immediately. Well, that's not usually how it works. And that's why it's this this world of this instant gratification or people that look like overnight successes. Right. Oh my God. It takes a lot of work. It takes so much perseverance and resilience. And you have to understand that you can, like you're saying, you've got to do the things and those things are not going to give you the gratification that you always want right away. No. So you have to decide today was a great day. I made progress. Yeah. And results, they'll come. Right. And these conversations, Mm -hmm. people are just, I don't know what they, how they think these things happen, but Mm -hmm. really like the schlepping that is involved (laughs) in getting to a certain level, like you have to go from the, there's a lot of schlepping involved. There really is. You have to go from being, you know, like the guy on the french fry fryer to the the owner of the establishment in your own life you have to you really have to i think that you know when somebody goes from a to z super quick Mm -hmm. there's not that sustainability either like you need to have the i don't know you need to have all of the hard knocks Mm -hmm. i feel like i sound like someone who's 80 years old that's like listen here kid but you have to Okay, let me see. Oh, physical activity. We talked about that. Your yeah. podcast mm-hmm. is amazing. Thank you. I, I Number two is going to be episode two will be soon. I can't wait for episode two. I'm mm-hmm. so blown away by your originality and your voice and the way that you went through it um, was such, it was like, I don't want to say scripted, but mm-hmm. you were, it was so thought provoking and you clearly put a lot of thought Mm -hmm. in the way that you did it. So what is your concept with it? Like, where are you hoping to go with that? You know, I wrote that when I wrote that one out, because I wrote it out, um, I just didn't do it on the spot. I really just wanted to share my journey with people and I wanted to inspire them to understand that if they're unhappy in life, that they can overcome that, that they can, how can they get rid of their limiting beliefs? That's what I was thinking. I just want to motivate them to 
understand but that when that flame inside is you of you is dwindling that you can reignite it and you can find your purpose and follow your passions and with that one I thought it was like a little bit of an introduction a meditation some in- inspiration I've been on this journey as well and then I ended reading the untethered soul which is all about energy I loved the formula that you, are you planning on doing that every episode is that kind so. of the rhythm of it yeah, I really loved the it episode number two has a very similar formula because it's broken into pieces as well I mean everybody's attention span is so short that yeah. I think three pieces is wise I really liked that how do you break someone out of funk though like let's say they want to reach this level of spirituality mm-hmm. and openness but they just feel like everything's against them mm-hmm. but they are wanting to break through mm-hmm. how do you how do you do that? Or do they just have to wait it out? 1% better is a tool that I use a lot because we're all so critical on ourselves. Yeah. That when I first started my business, I'd get in the shower every night and think about what I didn't do, how big my to-do list got. <sighs> Instead yeah. of saying, you had a phenomenal workout this morning. You did A, B, and C. Yeah. You made really healthy food for yourself. Right. Good for you. All of the positive impacts. Yeah, positive impacts. And it was a little bit better than the day before. Of course, there's going to be days where you revert, but I think 1% better is key. But also what I'm really focusing on now is a little bit more tough love because I think that a lot of people say they want to make change, Mm -hmm. but they don't want to do the work. Right. So I think what I'm doing now is trying to figure out a little bit of a... I don't want to say harsher formula because the harsh is not the right word for it, but a formula that's going to say, okay, you've been coming to session to me for a while and you always leaving, you leave feeling super inspired, but we've got to get you on the court more often and we've got to get you to the next level. And I think that I have a a very non-judgmental kindness about me, but I also have a no bullshit attitude. So I'm more comfortable saying, you know what? It's been two weeks and you haven't done any of this. So tell me why, what's really holding you back. And then we dive into the deep rooted emotions Yeah, and that really helps. It's interesting because it's, for me, it was piano lessons and my Mm -hmm. teacher would know that I hadn't practiced and I'd come up with an excuse and that was a very tangible instantly Mm -hmm. obvious um you know I guess reference to not putting the work in Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that knowing as an adult Mm -hmm. I imagine all of your clients are adults there's no children but (laughs) they are paying you for Mm -hmm. the service and it's almost like I think sometimes we think oh well I've paid for it I've showed up I've done Mm -hmm. the work yeah but it's it's more than it's that. It's so and much more. After mm-hmm. your hour has passed mm-hmm. or however the time frame is, yep. you need to keep going. Mm-hmm. That's not like a check off the list because yeah. I showed up. Like you have mm-hmm. to do more than just show up. Yeah. And the reality is, is that once we dive into those deeper emotions of why they haven't done the work, because yeah. it's not impacting me, it's impacting them. It usually opens up, what's that word? I don't know. Something lab, the... I can't think of it. Anyways, it opens up a whole new can of worms, I guess is another uh-huh. expression for it. Of uh-huh. What's going on behind the scenes, what they right. haven't shared yet. And it, yes. it might be because they're having enormous issues with their partner and right. that when they get home, they literally just don't have the mental capacity right. to do anything else, but they hadn't shared that with me. So the issue actually doesn't become <sighs> how to do this thing they were supposed to do originally. It's 
okay, how do we focus on these emotions and what's going on at home with your partner? Because well, you can't make change unless it's from a position of strength. Right. And I found even when I was um, regularly going to therapy, initially I was like a flood of words coming mm-hmm. out. And I would continue if the right questions were being asked. And I mm-hmm. am very open, but over time I realized our relationship too was becoming a lot more familial Mm -hmm. and I almost wanted to start to create the same facade or Mm -hmm. you know um mask that I would (laughs) in other situations which was completely counterintuitive to what the experience was supposed to Mm -hmm. be like yeah and so I wonder if even you know people almost want to they don't want to say you know, well, this is the real reason. We have to go deep. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. And then Mm -hmm. eventually I would would kind of go, well, there's not anything to say today. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if the right question was asked, then I would... And actually, sometimes those are the best sessions when people say, I don't think I really have anything to focus on today. Uh And then we have to unpack... Are people coming to you also, though, for guidance in their career? Are they coming for that kind of transformation as well? Mm-hmm. And are they? Are you working on both sides of things, though? Like, let's say they want you to help them, I don't know, achieve, like mm-hmm. you said, a certain level of um, career. They want a promotion. Mm-hmm. Are you also, like, um, if they're not necessarily coming to you on the intuitive side, mm-hmm. are you able to distinguish that or do you have to insert your feelings towards <laughs> that well if a client just sees me for a one-on-one intuitive reading I mean you never know what's going to surface but yeah. they might see me every month every two months three months six months a year depending on the person but for the clients that I'm working with more regularly there's going to be a lot more life stuff that comes in and I work I actually work with a lot of entrepreneurs Uh because I you can resonate with each other right it goes both ways which is nice and a lot of people ready to make career change but not there yet was it weird for you when you had to put associate a price tag to your service like was that a strange moment to be like okay I'm putting a number down <laughs> a little bit, yeah. but I think that that's, that's kind of that abundance versus lack mentality where, uh-huh. okay, what do I charge? How much am I worth? What am I going to be com- feel comfortable with? What are they going to feel comfortable with? And it, the funny thing is when you put the number down, people go, this is how much it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. That's what it is. And that's on them. That's yep. not on you. They're not going, well, this mm-hmm. other person charged me this much. You probably don't want to see this person yep. if that's mm-hmm. how they're valuing your time yeah. anyhow. Exactly. And it can only go up from here, right? It will. And do you still see your medium or your... I um, do. Your... He's do you my, call him I your call medium? Him medium. Is that what you okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where's he based? In California. Ireland. What? <laughs> yeah. He's in Ireland. He's How did Ireland. you find him? Through a friend. Oh. My, a friend that went to Tony Robbins and oh my gosh. he connected with somebody there that recommended him. Is he the like the guru? You know is why he I like his form is he's he's got a way, and this is who I kind of model myself after. Where he doesn't go, you know, not he's not going to go deep into the tarot. He's not going to go deep into the stars and the moon. He's really like equally on earth as he is in the spiritual realm. And that's who I am because that's what people need in my mind. And those are the clients that I want to attract. 
where they're not this extreme and they're not that extreme. Right. They want to encompass both of them. Right. And I like that. Yeah. Like it's kind of this middle of the road approach. I feel like that's a more honest kind of experience mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I just going to ask you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Blair can edit this part out. I'll just flag this. <laughs> oh, what was I going to say to you? Is it on your notes maybe? Nope. It just came to me. Oh no. Um, what I will say though, is you, you told me someone's coming to me in April to, Mm -hmm. to help me. What's funny is there are already two people Mm -hmm. who have come out of nowhere. One of them, I don't want to say out of nowhere. She was peripheral. We've had conversations Mm -hmm. almost immediately after you and I talked, Mm -hmm. she emerged again. Okay. And then I recently was put in touch with someone else and she also has kind of come through with that um you know how she could be of service to me okay but it's so interesting (laughs) how these things again and my sister brought it up to me because I shared with her that um you had said that Mm -hmm. and she was like someone's coming in April (laughs) and sometimes April might mean March or April might mean May as well right that's right because we're not always perfectly precise yeah pretty close yeah Um, Oh, this is what I was going to ask you. Is there anyone that you ever hear, though, giving a reading? So the Long Mm -hmm. Island medium, her name's Mm -hmm. Teresa something. That's what it is. But do you ever go, nope, like this, no, Mm -hmm. this is not feeling right to me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing that so much more and not just, not with people that are intuitive, just Uh with everybody. Uh Because I am feeling that people are saying and doing things that just don't resonate with who I am. And like the sketch, you're like, (laughs) nope, (laughs) she got, she got a second sketch. Did it feel less melancholy? Um, oh no. I, (laughs) this is really not resonating with me. No, I literally burst out laughing. Uh oh. (laughs) So he's the one. Nope. He is not. No. One. I mean, we both had a really she big laugh about it. For these revisions. Yeah. So, you no. Know, there's, I mean, there's so many different types of <laughs> mediums and tutors, and some people create artistically. And she had gotten a, a piece of work done before, and it really resembled her next partner. So, it was a really beautiful experience. And then, you know, the time came to do it again. And. <gasps> after your discussion (laughs) and we just had a laugh and we said you know we feel like this person just has a repertoire and they're just handing them out because person a was yeah you know not resonating Uh with her or i and person b was just whoa it got worse (laughs) it got worse it got weirder (laughs) it got it was so far from somebody that she would be um having in her you know, in her sphere, as I say, <laughs> I'll show it to you after. Where are you? I can't wait. Where are you going with your sphere though? What is next for you? I really I can't want wait to, to so I love doing stuff like this because yeah. I think it's a way for me to use my voice to connect with more people. And my goal is to heal people on a mass scale. So Ooh. how many people can I get in front of me so that I can ignite that flame inside of them and help them make change because the more people that we get onto that path, the better the world is. Agreed. And that is my dream. That's my vision. That's exactly what I'm going to do. This is what we need though. We need more 
positivity and more mm-hmm. elevated yeah. experience. Because mm-hmm. totally. there's been so much weight and yeah, drudgery. And yeah. I'm hoping that these three months mm-hmm. that whoever, whichever planet, because everyone was saying yeah, Mercury's in retrograde like repeatedly. <laughs> Maybe Mercury has just left yeah, the vicinity. <laughs> Mercury has Mercury, left the building. <laughs> Yeah, so I I mean, take these words of wisdom yeah. over the next three months, really like, you know, go hard. I That's how I feel. I'm like, yeah. it is go time. I have never felt more ignited to make me things too. happen. And that just gives me goosebumps. Good. Because it's here. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then yep. and then what's next? We're like Palm Springs and then what? I think I'm going to keep that private. Okay. <laughs> She's mysterious. Follow her on Instagram. Where can I they can find show you? you the world. <laughs> She'll be on a mag- magic carpet, carpet in Agrabah with Aladdin. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. We need the sketch. Yeah. Um, so how do people find you online? They can on- find me online. Instagram is at Coach Ashley Best. And they can find me pretty much anywhere using those words. You have a great name, by the way. Thank you. Ashley Best. My dad used to say, don't mess with the best because the best don't mess. That's amazing. <laughs> I and love he said, that. you tell the kids that. And I thought, I'm already getting teased enough in elementary, <laughs> dad. I don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> and did you say it? No. But, but she's now saying I say it now. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Hey, Ashley, yeah. you are amazing. I'm so grateful that you came into my life. I'm very grateful as well. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.